show from the ABA Mid-Year Meeting 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm your host, Christopher Butler. I'm Karen Grizzay. I'm Larry Schneider. I'm Dora Schreiro. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us for On the Road. It's a pleasure to be here with our wonderful panel guest in the City of Lights. Today we're talking about the updated ABA report on immigration as much as we can because the report hasn't been released yet. So we're going to give you a little snippet. Got to keep some secrets. So I have three guests that are wonderful and they are going to introduce themselves. Hi, good morning. I'm Karen Grizet. I'm pro bono counsel at Freed Frank's Washington, D.C. office. And uh, I'm a member of the ABA Commission on Immigration and its working group on unaccompanied minor immigrants. And I'm Larry Schneider. I'm senior counsel at the law firm of Arnold and Porter in Washington, D.C. I focus my practice on both international trade and arbitration issues, and I head our pro bono immigration practice. I'm Dr. Dora Shapiro. I have served as senior advisor to Secretary Napolitano on detention practices and removal, and I was the founding director of the Office of Detention Policy and Planning at ICE. Uh, I have served uh, all of my career in the public sector running jails and prisons, and uh, now am an advocate in the area of immigration. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So you guys did a talk earlier on the updated report. Can you give us a little bit of what you talked about there? The focus of the program is the uh, sneak preview, basically, of the report on reforming the immigration removal system. Uh, We started out by having a discussion about the 2010 report that the Commission on Immigration published on a similar topic, and then coming up to the present with what what of our recommendations uh, have been adopted, implemented or not, and what our uh, recommendations are at the present time in light of the changes that have happened from 2010 till today. The uh, 2010 report was uh, quite lengthy. It was about 300 pages. And because it was uh, a little bit long, we decided to have an executive summary, which was only 80 pages. Uh, But it covered all aspects of the immigration adjudication and removal system, from the Department of Homeland Security through the Department of Justice aspects that deal with the immigration courts and the Board of Immigration Appeals through judicial review, and also looking at systematic and system-wide issues relating to representation during the process and to possible system restructuring. And it was that 2010 report that was issued by the ABA Commission on Immigration uh, and in which uh, a whole team of Arnold and Porter attorneys and other staff participated uh, that we were asked to update uh, starting a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And so the 2019 update report uh, takes that 2010 report, finds out and explores what has happened in the past nine years uh, with respect to the immigration adjudication system uh, and makes recommendations based upon the 2010 recommendations as to what should be happening now. Can you give our leader, our re- listeners a little bit of a insight into how these reports are made? So in, in preparing the report, the first thing we did 
uh, both for the 2010 report and for the 2019 update, was to canvas the literature out there. So we looked at literally hundreds of articles that have been published. In addition to that, we had scores of interviews uh, with various individuals from attorneys to judges to academics uh, and others who are involved in dealing with our immigration adjudication and removal system. Uh, And we conducted all those interviews. We worked very closely with members of the ABA Commission and with the ABA Commission staff to develop both uh, a picture of what has happened in the past nine years in terms of development since our 2010 report and to review each of the recommendations and decide whether to renew that recommendation, to modify that recommendation, or to completely change the recommendation or potentially come up with new recommendations. And we do all of that for the 60-plus recommendations that have been made in the 2010 report. So one of the big areas in immigration that a lot of people don't really talk about are the immigration courts. And we have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of immigrants that have to work with the immigration courts. So how are the immigration courts doing, and is there any way they can be more efficient? So... One of the things to uh, keep in mind is, as, as a country, we um, have struggled throughout our history when it comes to making good uh, immigration decisions. And what Arnold Porter gave us an opportunity to do is to look more narrowly at our recent past through the administrations of President uh, George W. Bush and President Obama and now the, the beginning uh, first half of uh, President Trump's uh, term. And uh, there have been quite a few ups and downs uh, in the course of that time. And many of those issues are on the front end, as Karen suggests. So the decisions about who to detain, uh, the conditions under which they're detained, how the extent to which we widen the net and uh, look more broadly at individuals who approach our borders, how we approach them as they approach our borders, all of these things to varying degrees um, take uh, quite a toll and have a cost, both fiscal mm. and in terms of humanitarian uh, issues. Right. Uh, and so those inefficiencies is some of the front end, and then we see that kind of decision-making uh, and its impact carrying through to the, to the courts as well. Several examples on the, on the front end have been net widening, if you will, procedures, and that's a term we use in the criminal justice arena about decisions that bring in more people rather than narrow one's focus. And two, that uh, the 2010 report talked about in particular, which have ramifications through DHS and then into uh, the court's EOIR, had to do with removal on various grounds and the widening of those reasons for removal, as well as the speed with which that happened. And so the reliance on expedited removals in particular and its impact then on individuals' access to the courts and to due process opportunities. So you talked about how the uh, report and how things have changed over the course from President Bush's presidency to President Obama's and President Trump's, and they've all had very different reactions and policy proposals for immigration, uh, which affect the immigration courts because the immigration courts Mm -hmm. are under the executive branch. Uh, So in the spirit of efficiency and justice, should the 
immigration courts be moved from the executive branch to the judicial branch so they can solely focus on interpreting the laws and on enforcing the current administration, whoever they may be, their policies. Well, I can say a little bit about that. Um, When we issued the report in 2010, we made a recommendation at that time that um, for purposes of independence, fairness, and confidence of the public in the removal process, that the immigration courts should get outside of DOJ and into one of two alternative structures. First, and our preferred position was that the immigration courts should become an Article I court, independent and outside of DOJ, and as an alternative uh, would be creation of an independent agency, again, outside of DOJ, but in a more akin to other traditional independent agencies. Either of those approaches would have the uh, principal advantage of getting them outside of DOJ, outside of the direct control of the attorney general, and without the problems that the immigration judges and board members face of being um, having their performance directly controlled and evaluated by the attorney general. So that's what our report indicated in 2010, and the ABA adopted that restructuring recommendation as ABA policy also in 2010. As a broad brush matter, I would say that uh, our update report in general focuses on three things that are needed. First, we need legislation. We need legislation to address the myriad issues uh, that we've we've covered involving the Department of Homeland Security and the immigration courts. Second, as Karen just mentioned, we need system restructuring. The immigration courts are in crisis. Uh, It's now more critical than ever that they be moved out of the Department of Justice and into an independent entity. And our report will refine our position on exactly what that should be. And thirdly, there's a whole raft of other reforms that need to be undertaken to make the system more independent, more fair, more efficient, and more professional. And that's been our focus in the report as to all aspects of the immigration adjudication system. So as this current administration has implemented their immigration policies or tried to uh, implement them, there has been a wide range of reactions from absolute support to flat-out denial. And so this immigration has really become a everyday issue for a lot of Americans that would never think about it. So for aspiring law students, for current law students, for people just entering in the legal profession, and even people outside that want to help or want to learn more about how the immigration system works and want to get involved, how can they do that? Well, for people who are interested in practicing law or getting involved in uh, immigration law, I can say that there are many, many more immigration law courses and in particular immigration practice clinics in a lot of law schools. So those opportunities are much more readily available than they were before. Now the ABA itself operates direct service projects in border areas, so there's an opportunity to volunteer with those. There's information on the website of the ABA Commission on Immigration about legal service programs all over the country um, with which people can be connected to volunteer. In particular, there are special resources available for people who want to get involved in the representation of children, children and families, which 
everyone knows from the press is a big, big issue right now on recent entrance uh, asylum seekers in border regions. Uh, So I would encourage people to look to their local communities and to the ABA for leads about how to get involved in their local communities. And for non-lawyers, there are opportunities to get involved um, with dissemination of materials, with community talks about, you know, truthful, accurate information on immigration, ways to donate money to support uh, recruiting of legal services lawyers, um, interpreters, and even uh, for basic supplies to meet the needs of detained immigrants and children. There there are other ways to um, participate and to have an impact, intentional or otherwise, if one is in the criminal justice system, either as a defense attorney or as a prosecutor, um, how you charge, whether or not you charge, and whether or not you plead, even to a lesser charge, can have profound uh, implications on someone's status uh, should they encounter enforcement and there be a decision about uh, relief or removal. Well, thank you uh, for your time and for those questions. I really believe that these are very helpful in the time that we're in. As of this recording, the government shutdown ended yesterday as the policy of an immigration wall really shut down the government because the hard no stances on it. I really look forward to the report coming out. Mm -hmm. I wish you guys could, uh, you all could tell us a little bit more about that, but you know, we'll let you keep your secrets for now. Look forward to the hard launch in March and visit us there. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So uh, will this report also be 300 pages? Uh, The report will be very close to that. Yes. A little light reading reminding me of my con law days. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So uh, one last question for you all. If you wanted to leave your contact information away for people to reach you or your centers or the places that uh, you work at. Could you please uh, let the people know where they can get in contact with you? For me, the best contact is by email, karen.grise, G-R-I-S as in Sam, E-Z at freed, F-R-I-E-D, frank.com. And for me, it's also email address at lawrence.schneider at arnoldporter.com. And for myself, it's dora.schwiro at gmail.com. Or, of course, through the ABA Commission on Immigration. Thank you. Well, we've come to the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. And we also want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Before I sign off, I'd like to leave you a quote with by Robert F. Kennedy. Our attitude towards immigration reflects our faith in the American ideal. We have always believed it possible for men and women who start at the bottom to rise as far as the talent and energy allow. Neither race nor place of birth should affect their chances. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I've been Christopher Butler. Have a wonderful day. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.